Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 56 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. This episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados could get all your cigar accessories. Guys, tonight I got a treat for you. Uh, tonight's guest is an entrepreneur, free thinker, amateur ranter, rumbler. Please welcome Peter Condillis to the show. Here we go. Put him on the screen. Peter, how's it going? Good, you? Good, man. Thanks so much for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. I think um, <laughs> we will not have a lack of um, topics to discuss tonight. Probably not. And, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. We were having a, a, a quick, you know, quick chat off air, and um, I think it's going to be a good one tonight. Um, so first and foremost, I, I want to talk about when you know when I asked you, send me a little bit of description for you. You know how I could introduce you to to my audience, right. and and you know, so first and foremost, I wanted to ask you, what makes you think living in Canada? What gives you this false impression that you could be a free thinker in this democratic <laughs> country all of a sudden? Yeah. How dare you, Peter? I know it's crazy. It's a <laughs> it's a it's a wild radical. Uh anarchist view at this point to think that you have your own opinion but uh, <laughs> should i be freezing your account yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, peter listen uh tell us uh, for everybody watching tonight and by the way guys we are streaming live on twitter facebook and youtube put in all your comments all your questions for peter for myself uh, i think we're gonna have a really really good discussion there's so many things to talk about so peter i wanted to start off um I came across your 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 content on on um, on Facebook. I think it was on Rumbler, and um, so was it a rant because if it was it, Rumble, it was, it was, it was Rumble, your first. It wasn't, it wasn't no, hard. it was a rant on Facebook. Okay. Uh, obviously, when you were heading out to uh, to Ottawa, which of course we're going to discuss today, um, I was so impressed by you. And then after I saw your interview with Doctor J, not even going to attempt to say his last name, but which of course. Yes, <laughs> which we're also going to discuss tonight. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to know uh, what what led you. T tell us a little bit about yourself. What led you to do that rant? What led you to to do what you're doing right now? Um, yeah, tell us tell us about yourself. So, so what led me to become a, an internet loudmouth? <laughs> yes, uh, like me. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess it started uh, it started a couple of years ago. It started before um, before COVID. I, uh, when I would get really fed up about some topic, I just, uh, instead of having the same conversation over and over with multiple people, I decided to just do Facebook lives to all my friends. I used to keep my friends, uh, wall on private. So only my friends could see it. Now I have it public, whoever could see it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I used to lose my shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, I don't know how, how bad we could swear on here, but I'll try not to swear too much. Let's swear. Let's swear. It doesn't matter. Trust. There's no so, rules. Uh, so I would just, I would really just lose my shit. Like at one point, uh, I did a video that uh, I said, I'm trans, I'm a trans species, and I'm a tree, and I'm going to stand in the middle of the street like this, because that's where I felt I'm supposed to be. 
and that one caused a lot of controversy, obviously. But uh, it started off with that kind of thing. Uh, I did a rant also on Bell, you know, the whole experience of having Bell as a, a service. And then uh, it was funny, actually, I, I had gone to a local cafe and uh, people were like pointing at me. They're like, oh, my God, it's Bell Rant guy. It's Bell Rant. So that one, a lot of people had seen it. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then I was like, uh, you know what? I'll do if it's to make. So I'm a big joker. Okay. I like to make people laugh. I've always been like that. So mm -hmm. if, if my friends are going to laugh either at my expense or with me, I'm okay with it. So that's how it started, but uh, it progressed. It really progressed. And uh, as far as, as far as work and stuff like that, I do web design. Uh, my clients are in the U S I'm very much online. So I understand a lot of different things as far as marketing and psychology goes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. I don't know. You could, I'm an open book. You could ask me whatever you want. There's nothing. No, no, no. That, that, that's cool. It's just, uh, I was just, I was really impressed with, uh, with you. I was really impressed with your passion. I was really impressed with how educated you were in terms of multiple, uh, multiple topics, uh, which is the reason why I reached out to you. And I'm really glad that you have. And I, I was really looking forward to this. And thanks, by the way, from last week. Uh, by the way, guys, I can confirm the reason why we had to cancel last week, last minute, is because I came the Wednesday night prior to Thursday, we were supposed to do it live, is that I came down with um, actually a flu or a cold, guys. It still exists. Can you believe it, Peter? Imagine. Imagine. Could you imagine? You're a rarity. You're, you probably uh, should contact a, a university and say, <laughs> I might have the thing that used to be called the flu. Five tests in a row. Five tests in a row because my wife is is petrified. Okay, petrified of of, of the c did word. You a, did you do a blood test or only rapid test? I did only rapid tests. So that doesn't count. Exactly. So so who knows? Okay, who knows? I did a blood test. When I did it, I did a blood test. Okay, and I was positive. You're positive. Yeah. So uh, so I wanted to thank you for that for fragging in there, guys. No worries, man. We're human. It was, it yeah, it was the first week I had missed, and I was really, really was not was not feeling it at all. And I said I, I wanted to be top shape to do the show. So I wanted to ask you, let's start off with um and, and it's it's kind of you know, it's Peter, I don't know about you, but it feels weird doing this and uh, you know on the day that that Russia finally decides to finally, sorry. Uh, that Russia does decide to invade uh, Ukraine. Uh, and it's kind of feeling, you know, we, we had planned to discuss a lot of other things and not this, but um, maybe we could talk about that a little bit after. Um, what I want to know, what did you see in Ottawa? What What is your, having been there, what was your impression of this convoy? Um, because Because of all the misconceptions, all the misinformation, the most famous word doing its round in in, uh, in social media today. I want to know what you what what came out of that for you. So, if I'm gonna try and be as uh, as honest as possible without mm -hmm. without uh, you know jacking it up more than what it was, um, I know I know what my intentions were going. I know what my feeling was going. I wasn't prepared uh, to see what I what I saw. So my feelings there was, I was like, you know, it was Braveheart, you know, let's beat the drums, let's go there, you know, let's, whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. And uh, when I got there, the first thing that caught my eye was I saw someone was holding an Alberta flag and another person was holding a Quebec flag and they were hugging. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. Okay? So like I'm, I was freaking out. Was You'll like, never see that, guys. <laughs> I thought I'd go to my grave and never see that. Yeah, yeah. never. Okay. Uh, it was a big, joyous uh, convening of people. I'm not gonna say when I went. I went in the day. I uh, went on a Saturday. 
Uh, it wasn't like there was a big party. They weren't really doing that whole club rave stuff mm -hmm. at night yet. Um, I went like uh, the first week that people really started going. Um, I, first of all, I got to say, and I got to be very, very honest, and I'm very blunt, so I'm always mm -hmm. going to be like that. Um, I've always felt my entire life, I'm 44 years old. I've, I've felt my entire life that I've been a Greek expat in Canada, meaning I've never felt that 100% Canadian pride, never. Okay, even if Canada wins like the uh, you know the best hockey game, the most Olympic medals, it, it would never be the same as if when Greece wins. When mm -hmm. Greece wins, it's like I'm I'm really into it, right? And going there in Ottawa, I felt for the first time in my life, I truly felt uh, Canadian pride. I felt it, and I was shocked. I was like, wow, I'm actually I'm not just somebody born in Canada, and that grew up in Canada. I'm actually Canadian. I felt it for the first time. It was a really eerie feeling in a positive way, but it was like, it was weird to feel something new like that your whole yes. life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was because of, it was because of all this com convening of all these different people getting together and all loving freedom, all saying enough, let's be done. So it was good. It was reassuring. It was, it was nothing like what the media portrayed. First of all, I hate all the words that they use because it's, it's almost as if they don't understand the, the definitions of the words they're using, you know? Well, I mean, you know, we could, we were so disturbed. I, I love what you just said because I could totally relate. And we were, I was, and I'm sure you will agree with me, disturbed by, of course, the rhetoric coming out of uh, uh, his mouth, our prime minister. I can't even call him a prime minister. We'll just, we'll call him a drama teacher. Okay. We'll call him drama. Yeah, teacher, exactly. Right? exactly. So our drama teacher, what he was spewing out, um, hate and rhetoric and basically, uh, you know, bringing up the temperature of that hate uh, towards this uh, this movement, and also, of course, uh, when he has his minions. Uh, by by by, when I say minions, of course, the uh, legacy media at six hundred million dollars, of course, um, doing his deed. Um, so it, it's funny because what you said, why I could relate, it makes me think back, Peter, is that I've always been a proud Canadian, but what really did it for me was when I went to. Uh, the huge no rally. If you remember our last referendum, yeah. I was there at Plaza du Canada, and I, look, like I have shivers just thinking about it. Okay, yeah. I'm almost gonna cry. All right, I was there, and I saw that day, that day that I think saved saved Canada, saved Quebec from separating. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget that day. That day, I think I became I became Canadian that day. Yeah. So I could totally relate to what you were saying. So. You know why I asked you that question is because <clears throat> it bothers me so much how whatever percentage, we talked about percentages of these polls, and I don't know what to believe anymore, but how could any true Canadian not have supported this convoy? This is the question I have for you now. So that's a loaded question. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to have to discuss these loaded questions tonight. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's no problem. I mean, uh, I, I'm into having conversations about anything. I'm not afraid to talk and I'm not afraid of words um, or opinions. So for me personally, it's understandable. It's understandable that this happened because, let me put it to you this way. So if you take the average the average Montrealer, I'm not going to say the average Canadian, but the average Montrealer. The average Montrealer from the people that I've encountered in my life uh, have been walking around in a cancel culture, completely oblivious, consumerism, and nothing else. Who's going to get the better car? Who's going to have the hotter wife? Who's going to you know, go on the better vacation? Who's going to make the most money? That's all it's ever been, right? It's never been anything else. Who's got the bigger house? Whose kids are smarter? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And 
what what stopped happening that I noticed, you know, to a huge degree, was that kitchen table conversations were eliminated. I remember when I was growing up, would come home from school, my sister and I, and my parents were in interrogation mode. We'd sit down at the table. Yeah. And what what happened at school today? What didn't happen? What do you mean? Blah blah blah. There wasn't any distraction of cell phones then, obviously, or iPods or or whatever. We weren't even allowed to watch TV as we were eating. We were sitting down and we we're talking. And then sometimes the, my parents would just go about talking about their day, and my sister and I would just be sitting there quietly, like we're not supposed to be talking, like we're just yeah. partaking, right? And then uh, some some event usually would happen. I mean, at some point, some teenage pregnancy would happen or so, something would happen. This would cause the conversation to have at the kitchen table. And I felt like this is where the biggest learning process happened on, on things in life in general. And I don't see that happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's here's your device. Here's your tailored meal. Go eat wherever in the kitchen, in the living room, basement, wherever you're going to be. Everyone's going to do their own thing. Everyone's too busy. Everyone's tired. Nobody has these conversations at all. So, so which, which of course leads to less, I mean, if you're, if you're, you're raising these children again, funny that you say that because I can relate it to exactly what happened at dinner tonight with my 12 year old son. I got two boys, nine and 12. And thank you. And I was telling him, and I said, Alessio, I said, how do you feel about, you know, next, when you come back from spring break, no more masks in the schoolroom. In the in the classroom, which of course, I mean, we could get into that as well. Um, what we've done to an entire generation of kids, um, which 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 is, I I can't even tell you how hungry this has met made me, in terms of what we've done to these children. But uh, again, we'll we'll talk about that. So I asked him. I said, you know, how do you feel about that? He goes, well, Dad, you know, he goes, you know, but you said that Omicron is, 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 is how is that good in terms of the, I said, well, unless you, it is good because first of all, it doesn't affect you guys. You're young. So basically I just, was just trying to explain to him in terms of what is going on and why. And, and instead of just saying, you know, are you happy about the mask? So I had a conversation with him and at least I tried to educate the kid. Yes. He's 12 years old, first year of high school, but at least I was trying right to have those conversations around the dinner table right. that this kid, maybe he's going to say, then he started asking a few questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of already start seeing, you know, the little wheel in his in his mind going yeah. and saying, "Okay, that's it. Let's let's have this conversation." So, um, I I'm I'm I'm, I'm I want to get back again to this this freedom convoy and obviously what happened uh, with with the emergency measures act, and uh, unbelievably that you know it was recanted three days after. Um, but what is what does that say? What does this say about, you know, people are going to say, oh, Luigi, you know, how many times have you heard, right? I'm sure you've seen, you don't know what freedom is, right? It's it's not a privilege. It's a right. And this and that. I'm like, guys, how do you think it started in any other countries throughout history and all of the, 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 the dilemmas and things that have happened throughout history? How do you think it started? You think it didn't start by this way? Let me give this a little finger and then they take an arm and then they take the entire body. Yeah. So. But again, you have to be sorry to cut you off. But no, go ahead. To be, you have to be aware. You have to be aware of history. Now you're talking about you. You mentioned earlier just to clean up the point. You Mm -hmm. said, you said, you know, how how do you think this this happens, right? And I said because kitchen table conversations don't happen. Well, kitchen table conversations are the match, right? It's just the match because after that, the conversation that you had at the kitchen table, maybe when you're hanging out with your friends, you say, you know, my mother said this, or my father said this, or my sister said that. That's going to cause another conversation. So in reality. It's because there's a lack of knowledge, 
there's no self-taught knowledge. Like I'm self-taught on everything. Okay, on everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I'm interested in something, I tear it apart for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I, I like people. I, I joke with people and I say, "You think I talk a lot? I, I listen a lot more than I talk." So imagine how much I've listened and how much I've read to be such a big mouth. Mm-hmm. You know. So, <laughs> but why? You know, they, they've always said that we're peace-loving, you know, polite country. But you know, we we talked about it off air, and I wanted to ask you again, and just if you could elaborate on this. Why have we become such a country that, you know, for, imagine for us to get to this point at this freedom convoy, and you saw the temperature of the comp- of the of the of the country go up, and yeah. saying enough is enough, you've 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 taken our lives away from us for two years. Yeah. But my point is, is that no matter what, even after what we've been through, for example, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna go to my point is after all this, we're still probably gonna elect for sure Legault again here in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we still, I don't think Trudeau after this could escape this, but we still managed to win three mandates in a row. So mm-hmm. my question to you is, why why would Canadians rather put their, their heads in the sand than really just educate themselves? And they don't have to look far, Peter. They could just look at the Wee scandal. They could look at the Aga Khan scandal. They could look, at, I could go on forever and ever. It could and all be explained away, though. They could all be explained away. Like you have to take into consideration something to do to do actual uh, real research. First of all, to do real research, you have to be open to hear all opinions. When you're when you're doing research like a sniper because you're just looking for the information that's going to back you up. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not doing any research. So your your preconceived notions, you're going to look for that. That's going to basically, that's going to confirm your preconceived notions, right? Well, look, I'll give you a basic example. And for all your viewers, anybody who's watching, here's the most beautiful example I can give you, okay? Mm -hmm. So I never put anybody in a hypothetical death. I always put myself in a hypothetical death. So I smoked cigarettes for many years. It would be normal and logical to, you know, to assume if I got sick, I got lung cancer, right? From all those things. So, you know, I vape every once in a while with almost no nicotine, but whatever. So I quit in uh, June, cold turkey, I was done. Now, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, uh, I'm feeling chest pain, right? And I said, I'm going to go to the doctor because now I'm scared that I have cancer, right? What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the goal? What's, what's the thing I want to hear? I want to hear I don't have cancer. I want to hear right. I had indigestion, you know, some heart palpitation, something went wrong, but it's nothing serious. That's what I want to hear, right? So using this example, I go to the doctor and the doctor tells me, Mr. Condillis, okay, man, everything's okay. You know what I'm not going to say at that point? I'm not going to say, I don't believe you, doc. Do more <laughs> tests. I'm, I, have, I must have something. Check me out. Keep, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, thanks a lot. I'm out of here, right? If, however, the same example, he tells me, you know, Mr. Condolas, unfortunately, you smoked for a very long time, like, you know, like a chimney, and you have lung cancer. You know what I'm going to say then? Are you sure? I want to do more tests. I want a second opinion. I don't believe anything. Now I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see you know which doctors. I'm gonna see herbalists. I'm gonna do everything I can to get out of that situation. Yeah, because it's not what I want. So this is the most basic example I can give. There's never been anybody who's gone to the doctor that I know of who heard good news and turned around and said, "I don't believe you." I don't believe you. I don't believe you, doc. You see, but okay. So further to that, okay. And, and I'm going to admit it here tonight live. Okay, guys, at the beginning of all this, like I think a majority of us um, were thinking one way, right? I was even saying it, Peter, and I'm not ashamed to say it because, you know, a lot of people, once they do their, their, their due diligence and they have more access to information, 
I, I, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to the government that they were trying their best at the beginning. Okay. Right. Hear me out for a second. And I was even saying, guys, what's the big deal? Let's just get vaccinated. Okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. In hindsight, Peter, I'm going to tell you, I feel like a fucking idiot. Okay. That I got duped. Now, having seen what I've seen, having, but I've also from the beginning was against lockdowns, was against curfews. And now, of course, it's coming out that they were not at all, um, uh, at all. Um, how can it, what's the word I'm looking for? Helpful at all in terms of diminishing numbers and the spread of this, of this virus. So I was totally right on that. But why is it that I was able to change to change my frame of mind, I was able, and and, and in the process of that, was called, <laughs> Peter, I, I can't even fucking believe what I was called, uh, misogynist, yeah, racist, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything. anti-science. What, what the, what, like, so why, if I was able to do it, Peter, why can't the majority of Canadians say, you know what, something is not right here. It's clearly... It's not right. They're not making us stay in our home for our safety. It's not normal that we have a curfew. It's not normal for a disease that only doesn't even affect 0.001% of children that they have to stay home for homeschooling or if they're in school that they have to wear masks all fucking day that has increased childhood uh, um, problems in terms of speech by 300% in the United States and God knows what else, childhood obesity and now I'm getting ramped up. Now I'm getting upset. Uh, childhood. Now I saw a new one. Teenage alcoholism in Quebec is like skyrocketing. Kids not wanting to go back to school. Our dropout rates. Right. And I've been screaming for this for I don't know how long. So my point, my question to you again is if I was able to do this, why weren't more Canadians able to do this? So the, the, the thing to define, in my opinion, is what type of person are you now? We've never met, all right? This is the first time we're even speaking. Mm -hmm. But I'm a very, very good judge of character, and I read body language very well, and mannerisms and speech and all that stuff. And I am also very instinctual. So I can tell you this about you, okay? I can tell you that you come from a place of being genuine, good-hearted. If someone needs something, you'll give it to them. Sometimes you'll even screw yourself over because you didn't even think about, oh, shit, can I give this guy 100 bucks? I need it, you know? You'll, you'll do that. In other words... You're not coming from a place of ego. You're not coming from a place of hubris. Yeah, you could be a stubborn Italian the way I could be a stubborn Greek, for <laughs> sure, for sure, okay? But you can admit being wrong. You can admit that a, a situation that seemed safe now looks dangerous. Maybe we need to change. You can do all that. That means you're not full egotist. A full egotist has made a decision and can't be wrong now. So there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Partially answer your question. Uh, there's other people who they believe an argument or a conversation rather is, uh, is like a fist fight. I have to protect my view at all costs. Mm -hmm. Right. So now if my view is wrong, I'm going to pull out every magic trick. There is every article written 7,000 BC, anything I could find that's going to bolster my opinion to prove that I'm not wrong, that I'm also right. That maybe you're right, but I'm not wrong. Like that's the big fight. Yeah. So there's those people also. So now you have two, two big percentages of the population right there that cannot come back and say that I was wrong. And then lastly, in my opinion, anyways, the third one is 
people will not give validity until the government has given it a stamp. So if the government comes out and says everything is okay, then they're gonna they're gonna accept. Oh well, I just did what the government was telling me. So again, I'm not wrong, right? It was the government that was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you're not and one of those people, so that's why you're able to make that no, change. No, no, I wasn't. And another thing, you know, how 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 far in terms of depravity have we gone? When I see certain business owners saying that we're still going to keep the vaccine passport after this, when it's been proven that it's done nothing again to diminish any times of, of a transmission or anything of that mean, right? So you're you're, you're to, to make our clientele feel safe. Your clientele is so fucking stupid because they can't even do their own research. To say that all of this, I mean, c- just consider the act. I'm, I would go, Peter, and, I, and again, and I felt like a, a hypocrite when I'd go to a, a Best Buy or a restaurant and say, oh, here's my passport just because I want to have, I want to buy something. I want to, I want to have a pizza, right? right? I felt like such a hypocrite. I felt dirty that it's not normal, guys, because we remember, we remember in history again, when these type of passports, and I use that in, in parentheses, were asked of people, okay? Yeah. yeah. So now to create this division. So now you still have to all this. After all this, you have businesses, a gym in Lagbrom, a restaurant. I don't recall. Eric, are you fucking kidding me? Are you how? I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know if I have a question here. I just. I, I just have to let no, it out. I cannot, yeah, no, that's fine. So so I understand where you're going with it, but I'm just gonna add this. I'm gonna say that there's there's uh, there's long games and there's short games in psychology, right? So. Yeah. When you have, and and the reason why, just to give you a little bit of a backstory, when I do a website for somebody, right, and it's on something I don't know about, I need to really understand what it is they do so I can make them something that's going to reflect what what they do online, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, psychotherapists as clients in the past. So I would have to read, you know, so I'd read about positive reinforcement, this, that, whatever, right? And... uh, and this is why I say, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm by no means a, you know, psychology expert. But having said that, I have some grasp of of the psychology of society. Now, you have, for example, you know, um, a society that has accepted change gradually and not questioned. So, for example, before it was a very big thing to say going back to normal. It's been <laughs> about a month or two that I don't hear any mention of going back to normal ever. What I hear is relax restrictions ease restrictions uh, take off some mandates uh so in other words little 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 carrot little carrot until we eliminate even the idea of this one then we're going to give you something else instead something smaller and then little 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 so now to build up for the point which is you said you felt disgusted but yet you showed it right so you went in to show it so now the question comes down to you as an individual and to everybody else as an individual why why am I doing it anyway? Is it because I don't want to be uncomfortable? Is it because I want to be a good Canadian? Is it because I don't want to give the people around me a hard time? Like, I'll give you an example of what it was for me. Mm-hmm. So I came back from Ottawa. Uh, it was three weeks ago, going four weeks now. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I, I did a video. I burned my mask. And I said, I'm never wearing it again. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time that I was there, we were all crammed. Inside stores, inside cars, uh, shoulder to shoulder in groups, people screaming, singing, spit particles everywhere, you know, whatever droplets. How come they, uh, I'm surprised. How come not everybody died? In, exactly. In exactly. So then I said, you know what? Uh, I can no longer 
reconcile it because I knew that it was bullshit to begin with. But sometimes it takes an event for you for it to really slap you in the face. Me, it slapped me in the face, right? It slapped me in the face. And I said, when I came back, the actual moment I had, and it's crazy, huh? like when we talk about psychology, it's crazy to experience something that your brain understands, but your emotions are manifesting differently yeah. at the same time. So here's what I mean. So I came back. I came back and uh, I went to uh, the, the store close to my place to pick up uh, these pods, right? The views vapor. I pick mm -hmm. up these pods and I am going to the door. Now, I just came back from Ottawa. So now I'm not used to the mask. I'm already unused to the mask, okay? Because I don't really wear it anyways. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot my mask. So I have to go back to my car. I'm going back to my car. And as I'm going back to my car, I stopped. I was cold outside, okay? And I'm sitting there standing in front of my car like a psychopath. like a <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like why am I going to get a mask? Why? I know it's bullshit. I've had COVID. I have my antibodies. Mm -hmm. If somebody else has a vaccine or antibodies, they're safe. Guess what? If they haven't either of them, it's still a 0.01% chance that they're even going to catch it, really. Mm -hmm. So whatever. I said, uh, you know what? Today's going to be the day I make my stand. Right there, right there in the parking lot, um, um, it, it hit me. Okay. I went inside the store, no mask. The guy looks at me, and uh, you saw he was uncomfortable. He was about to say something. So what I did is I just smiled. I go there every day. Mm -hmm. I smiled, and I said, what's up, bro? Everything okay? <laughs> and then he was like, he, he got thrown, and he was like, yeah, yeah. And then he went behind the counter, and then I went in front of the counter, and I said, I want to use. And he's like, okay. And uh, I paid, and I walked out, and I felt adrenaline as if I just came out of a fight or almost a fight. <laughs> and I'm like, because I didn't wear the mask. How fucking it's, mental is that? It's incredible how we've become, um, we've become, like you said, you know, little bit by little, psychologically. We'll take of this two weeks. It's going to be three weeks. It's going to be four weeks. It's going to be two years. Two plus years. So yeah. then, what happened is, is uh, I got, I got courageous. You know, I said, okay, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, uh, I'm not wearing the mask anymore. I don't care. I'll, I'll get into whatever, whatever altercations. Mm -hmm. So I go to uh, the pharmacy to go get uh, deodorant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to go pick up some deodorant in it now. I go in there and these these two young girls that were working there like are following me around, staring at me. I share your mask. And I'm like, no, I quit. Now they were like shocked, right? They're like, who says that, right? I quit. I quit, yeah. So that's one of them was like really like shocked. And they're following me around like your mask, sir. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, you know? It's over. Yeah. And then I get to the counter and then they started rattling me, right? We're not going to let you fucking buy this. Like, well, they didn't say fuck, but you know, they were like losing. They were screaming. And I'm like, hey, whoa, take it easy. So then I took I took it like like I took it like in my hand and I'm like, I just put it on the counter. Go put it back. And I left. Same day, same day, because now I was on a roll. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just, <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm into it, I need to exposure therapy. You know, I need to keep doing yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So I go to the IGA. I go to the IGA in Shamadi. And uh, that one was eerie. You know, I walk in there. Everybody, dead silence. Everyone's like just looking at me. No one's making eye contact with me. Like as if I'm an alien. Like, right? like, like, like you're about to, like you rob them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm the fucking Unabomber. Like, don't look at this guy. Don't make eye contact with him, right? Like, okay, I know I have a beard. Some people get intimidated, but whatever, you know? So uh, I get my stuff and uh, I go to the line and now there's four caches. One is closed and the other three are like a lot of people in line. Mm -hmm. And they're turning, they're looking at me, they're whispering to each other. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a disaster. Like I, yeah. I can feel the tension now, you know? I'm like, someone's going to come up to me. Someone's going to get in my personal space. 
Today is the day we're going to get into a fist fight. That's what I was saying to myself. I'm like, this is what's going to happen now. So one of the employees comes up to me. He comes right up to my shoulder and he leans in and he goes, good for you. I respect what you're doing. <laughs> no like, way. Wow. Like, no way. Uh, yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay, thanks, buddy. You know, like, which made me like feel even calmer now. Then he's like, you know what? He goes, I'm going to open the cash. Just come, you know, like to bypass me, right? So I go to uh, I go to pay, and as my luck would have it, the manager comes out and sees this, and she starts losing her shit. She starts screaming, put on your mask, your mask. It's a $9,000 fine. She's screaming at him. She's screaming at me. I'm like, whoa, take it easy. I go, nobody's screaming here. Take it easy. I don't have a gun. I told mm -hmm. her like that. I don't have a gun. Take it easy, you know? And then she was like, uh, well, you can't shop here. I'm like, I already bought my stuff. I'm going to take my stuff, and I'm going to leave now. So as I'm leaving, because me being me, I have a lot of bad luck, my card apparently didn't work. So now they, they come after me and I'm at the door. So then she comes up to me, which the bozo, this was her opportunity to say, give me the stuff and get the fuck out, right? Mm -hmm. She tells me uh, your card didn't work. I'm looking at her. I'm like, okay, she goes, come. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to come back in without a mask though. Like, so I don't care. I'm mm -hmm. going back in. I put in the card. Now, again, with my luck, for some reason now with all these people there, it's nothing's working. <laughs> I'm like, uh, the guy goes to me, do you have another card? I go, yeah, I have another card. I go, but there's money in the account. There's something wrong with your system. He's like, put the card in, right? So I put the card in. And as I'm ready to put it in, actually, I look at him. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Just leave it. I was just picking up coffee beans to make espresso at home and, like, basic shit. Like, it was no emergency, mm -hmm. you know? I'm like, I don't want to hold up the line. You know, like, I'm considerate. Like, I don't want to I don't want to mm -hmm. cause this issue. He looked at me. Luigi said this exactly. Look at me. He goes, no, no. Because they're going to wait for you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. I'm... I'm I'm down, you know, let's do this. So I went through finally, you know, I got my stuff and I left and I was like, that's when I did the video on Facebook, actually, that I burned the mask. I said, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh man. That was, that was amazing. It it really has, it has, it's, it's, it's become something extraordinary how we've uh, managed to fool ourselves and it, it mass, mass psychosis. Isn't that what Dr. Malone said? Yeah. On the yeah. Joe Rogan mass psychosis. So before... now, the reason why I told you this story, sorry, I'm just going yeah, to. No, no, go ahead. The reason, the reason why I told you this story is because you said you felt, you felt retarded basically going in and showing the, the QR code, right? Yes. And I felt retarded, retarded at that point, putting on the mask. But I asked myself, and this isn't to say, you know, I'm better or whatever. I'm just yeah. saying I had that aha moment. At that point, it didn't happen to me for two years. For two years, I was like, I don't want to cause any problems, blah, blah, blah. But that moment was my reconciling with myself that this is bullshit, beyond mm -hmm. bullshit. And I don't care about feeling comfortable or uncomfortable. Um, I need to do this for my own self-respect. I can't do this anymore. So I had that conversation with myself. Yeah. Did you have that conversation with yourself or anybody else for that matter? That's the conversation you need to have is why am I doing this? I, I did have that conversation with myself and, and I truly wonder how many Canadians, Quebecois have had that conversation with themselves. That's the reason why, you know, uh, self-reflection, looking at everything, questioning the government from day one. And you know, like I said, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt the first couple of months, even the first year. But after a year, you, we, we, we have to question. And, and you know what? And, and I'm, I'm glad that you know, they're dropping the, the passport. Obviously, it was disgusting to begin with. It was useless to begin yeah, with. This is bullshit also. They're, they're dropping the provincial one. They're going to put in a federal one. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, for travel or whatever. I mean, God knows what they're going to do after this. And with this government on the federal side, we have no idea. So before before I go to, to the other, uh, something else related I wanted to talk about, I just want to say um, 
show a few uh, few show notes here. Some people saying hi. Pat saying Kalispera, Kiera, Kiera. That's an Italian trying to write in Greek. First of all, <laughs> yeah. That's Kalispera my is good. Kalispera is good. So that's a uh, Bonasera, Bonasera. Okay. And uh, uh, Kirio, I think it's Kirio that he's trying to, or she's trying to say, which is Sir. Which okay, is Kalispera. That's my buddy, Pat. Uh, Dario says, Luigi, ask him who's better at soccer, Greece or Italy. That's easy. It's Greece. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dario says, great points. Uh, current parents in the 30s, 40s, 50s, a lot of what Peter mentioned is our fault for letting things go that way. You're right. You're right. Um, like Peter was mentioning, Dario, uh, so much, you know, and, and Dario's a friend of mine, too. We're so busy. He's a single dad. Um, you know, we're busy working. And My and... sister's a single mother. Everybody has everybody has a hard time. And and I'm. it's easy for me. I don't have any kids. Uh, I'm very involved in my niece's uh, life as mm-hmm. a male role model. It's very easy for me to sit there and point, like be a Monday night quarterback. Yeah. And say, you know, this is what parents do. So I don't say it with any malice. I just say that collectively this is what we're doing so just yeah. to make sure dario like i don't i don't want this guy to feel bad i'm not saying it as pointing fingers i'm just saying that we're in a different society and we haven't we haven't had any tools like previously how how would it be previously your parents didn't know each other you know families put them together they got married they had kids it was a sin to get divorced even if the guy was beating the shit out of his wife yeah uh, the, the kids grew up with a mother home you know like this was this was it there was no thought when divorces happened, when, you know, blended families happened, when the internet came out, when all these things happened, all like really compiled together, there, there's never been a school of like parenting, really, right? No, there isn't. I always said, yeah, I've always said that, right? I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I had the handbook for right, parenting. So you're going to do, you're going to do what you can in the moment that you can. And you're a human also, like you're going to come back from work, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're, your kid's having a fit, right? Happens all the time. Kids throw fits. Then what? Then what? What are you going to do? that's that's totally and dario also you know agrees with us why because most canadians don't do real um research thus walk like blind sheep and he says peter is right people don't know how to have respectful debates and that is what you know has always worried me that's what's worried me in today's now that we need it the most is is different of opinions but let me at least hear your opinion and why you think that way and you're totally right, Dario. I think that we, we are maybe getting a little bit better. This is the reason why I did this show, why I started my podcast, is to have discussions with people that I don't always agree with. Same reason I started mine. Same reason I started mine. When I when I had that podcast with Jay, first of all, uh, I was shocked that he even agreed to do it. You know, I was shocked. Yeah, but, well, we're, we're going to talk about that for sure. But yeah. um, but it's uh, for that reason. It's to have the, the conversations, respectful yeah, conversations. Absolutely. Uh, Pat says, research is something that everyone can do and everyone ought to do. It is simply collecting information and thinking systematically about it. Very well said. Um, I just wonder again, and I just hope that that is on the rise. I really hope that that's on the rise. That people, there's, you know, we've been throwing around that word, uh, critical thinking, and I hope that a lot more people are doing a lot more critical yeah, thinking. Yeah, you have to make it sexy, though. It has to become sexy. Yeah. If you don't make it sexy and you make it sound like it's just work, who wants to sit there and do a biology course? Yeah, that's yeah. true. But the thing is, though, now, like I said before, Peter, is that now if it's affecting you personally, which this has, I think a lot more people are getting involved and starting to do their own research. You know, today I ran into an old friend at a cafe and she says, you know, what, Luigi, before this, I, I was not involved at all in politics. She goes, and I love your show. And she goes, you know what? She goes, now I'm, I'm actually trying to educate myself and try to understand some 
some i'm not i'm not an expert but at least i'm trying yeah. and i said i'm so proud of you sabrina by the way hi sabrina it was great seeing you today so um but these are the people that need encouragement luigi yes not the encouragement they need they need the calls notes right because to say you're going to do research or you're going to try and become a critical thinker well how do you do that you have to kind of deprogram what you've learned like i'll give you an example just because it's relevant mm -hmm. to what you're saying sure so when i was when i was much younger uh i would let's say see something on the news on ctv or whatever and it sounded a little crazy but i saw it on the news mm -hmm. and i bring it up to my parents and my parents would say ah that's nonsense where'd you hear that ah, that was on the news oh it was on the news news had such credibility that that was enough to get information from the news then now <laughs> now it's the opposite now it's, you heard it on the news <laughs> get the fuck out of here you heard it on the news who cares right yeah. so how do you how do you send somebody on a path to do critical thinking and to do research this is something a lot of times that i'm encountering people don't know how to do it but nobody nobody like for me it's easy to say you know be a critical thinker and do research where i'm at fault personally where i accept responsibility is if i don't say do you know how to do research because i could give you tips mm -hmm. if i don't do that i'm just an asshole. that's true that's true you know you know with screen at someone you scream at someone you tell them what are you doing why don't you do your research you know what if they're asking you and they're and they're really why don't you show them why don't you try, try to show them where to go down that rabbit hole and try to yeah. find some information that otherwise maybe you might not find yeah so um i wanted to uh talk about and and break down and understand why it never got to where it should have gotten what i'm alluding to is the great Barrington declaration and what i said before is the, because this hit me and i've known about this so long but it, it brought me back to it brought me you know back in top of my mind when i saw your show when you had dr j um on but and you <laughs> but you, i'm not even gonna try the last name <laughs> it took me a while also dr j like the basketball player let's dr. let's see j, let's, just j, yeah yeah dr j um so why okay first of all what is the great barrington declaration uh the great barrington declaration was um a declaration signed by 46 doctors at, I believe, the beginning, right, of, of, of COVID, it roughly? Was, or... uh, if I remember correctly, Jay said it was uh, around October. Okay. Okay. So on October 4th, 2020. Okay. Um, and, and why the reason why? Because it was signed in Great Barrington, United States. That's why it's called the Great Barrington Declaration. So basically what it is, these doctors, as infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend, recommend an approach we call focus protection. So this is what this, this whole uh, Barrington Declaration, keep in mind, guys, October 2020, before I go into that, I want to say, first of all, your show with Dr. J was absolutely fantastic, was Thank riveting. You. So Thank I have you. to I have to give you props for that. Thank and you. reason why I want to talk about this is because this existed. OK, this was written in October 2020 yeah. by 46 esteemed doctors. By the way, one doctor from St. Justin Hospital, I believe, here in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, so very proud of her. I wish I would have written her her name down, but it doesn't matter. So the the main the main doctors here was Dr. Martin Kaldorf, professor of medicine at Harvard University, a biostatistician, epidemiologist with expertise in detecting and monitoring infectious disease outbreaks and vaccine safety evaluations. Two, Dr. 
Sanatra Gupta, professor at Oxford University, an epidemiologist with expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases, and Dr. Jay Bhattachara, professor at Stanford University Medical School, physician, epidemiologist, health economist, public health policy expert focusing on infectious diseases and vulnerable populations. Why I said the three names and I gave all their, 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 uh, my God, I'm tonight. I'm finding my, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, guys, credentials. Thank you. Credentials. Guys, it's not just anybody that, that, that signed this, that, that signed Harvard university, Oxford university and Stanford university, arguably three of the best universities in the United States and probably the world as well. Okay. So let's move on further. Now, my first question to you is, why did not why why did this not gain more traction than it should have, especially in October? So, um, I can't say. If I'm gonna be honest, I can't say. I could only give my opinion. So I just want your opinion. Yeah. So, I think it's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with defending your opinion, right? The the science, which is a marketed hash term because it's not proper English, and and I've I've said this to anybody who would listen, there there is no term, there is no proper sentence of the science. You can't trust the science. You can trust the science of epidemiology. You can trust the science behind biology. You, you have to finish the sentence. The only time that's a proper sentence, and why I know it's a marketed hash term, is because you could say I trust the administration. You could say I trust the authority. You could say I trust the government. All those make sense. They just swapped it out for science. Yeah. So all these people that just bought into I trust the science couldn't couldn't say here are three doctors because in reality, it's the three of them that got together in Massachusetts and they they, they hashed down this whole thing. And all these other doctors signed it also because they agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't fit. It didn't fit, man. It just simply put, it didn't fit. It, it didn't fit with anything that Fauci was saying, that Tom was saying, that the, what the governments were saying, what the governments all over the world were saying. It didn't fit. So people were like, people actually had told me, even my own cousin, even my own cousin was like, ah, oh, listening to these quacks. And that's another reason why I made it a point in my podcast to mention quacks, right? Because a lot of yeah. people say this. How am I able to call you a quack as a doctor when I can't fucking tell the difference between uh, a pubic hair and a, and a snot molecule under the mo- microscope? I can't tell the difference. So how am I able to call you a quack when I can't even read the most basic things? How is that possible? It, it, well, okay. So here here's the thing, all right? Like I said, I've been saying this since day one. So the first sentence, and I'm going to go through this because I cannot believe how accurate, first of all, this report was and on point it was in terms of what it's going to do if you don't listen to us. And here is our approach. So current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. The results, to name a few, include lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health, leading to greater excess mortality in years to come, with the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice. Now, on one of my podcasts, and actually in a few of my podcasts, some people had the courage, Peter, to tell me kids should not be in school. Needless to say, I lost my fucking shit on them. Yeah, man. obviously. Yeah. Okay, so unless you don't have, pa- if you don't have kids, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, exactly. 
Because you have no idea the effects just a week or two could do to these kids. You have no idea what some of my kids' friends have been going through. Okay, because I talk to these parents. Changes of character, Peter. Changes of not wanting to be engaged anymore, not wanting to go anywhere. Um, Depressed, literally. Hey, we're talking about 10, 11, 12-year-olds, Peter. I know, my niece, 11 years old. I know. Okay, okay. So just read the first paragraph of the damage that it could do to our youth and other people. And it's word for word. It all happened, guys. It all happened. And more. And more. Okay, and more. Let me continue. On immunity, natural immunity. Hey, Peter, before we couldn't say that, eh? That was like saying, God knows, like it was, it was like screaming fire on an airplane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay? was big for me. So look at this. As immunity builds in the population, the risk of infection at all, including the vulnerable, falls. We know that all populations will eventually reach herd immunity, i.e. the point at which the rate of new infections is stable. And this can be assisted by, but is not dependent upon, a vaccine. Our goal should be, therefore, to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity. Again, some of us that had different opinions, and there's doctors, of course, doctors are not going to all agree across the world. How many of the doctors felt that way? How many? We could only imagine, right? Or had the courage to say anything without having to deal with the ramifications. They they had punitive action against them. They were going to lose their license. They weren't going to be able to practice. First of all, there's... there's uh exception to every single rule out there both ethically and morally and definitely scientifically so what happens they're not allowed to give a a hall pass to people for example to be exempt from the vaccine they're not allowed they're not allowed so how how are you not allowed it's a problem right i know a girl I know a girl that did one shot, Bell's palsy on her face, young woman, half her face is numb, and it's been numb for eight months. She's going to be like that the rest of her life. She doesn't want to leave her house. I know another one, my sister's friend, who uh, started bleeding after her second dose. Uh, two months later, had to go do a vasectomy. Jesus. Okay. Now, and I'm just saying this as very basic people are going to argue and they're going to say yeah but there's side effects to everything yeah there's side effects yes. to everything but everything goes through non-emergency measures approval right they don't go through emergency measures approval they go through a long testing period they go through years all kinds of stuff happens there's no vaccine that's ever come out this fast and the, the argument is it was an emergency okay granted fine it was an emergency but we're past that are, are we are we going to study this anymore how come we haven't done any therapeutics at all nothing nothing they yeah. tell you this. They tell you, like, when they called me, when they called me to tell me that I'm positive, the woman was talking as if she was handing me a death sentence. She was like, oh, Mr. Condolis, uh, you're positive. And I'm like, <laughs> you I said, said, that very, said it very angrily. You know, I said, so? So? And then she was like, oh. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Big deal. I wouldn't have even gone to get tested if it wasn't for my mother and my sister constantly browbeating me, not leaving me be sick because yeah. I was sick for, like, 12 days which all I had was I was drained and mm-hmm. I had no appetite, nothing else. I just, okay. I was just like, like a, like a flu without too many flu symptoms. But anyways, so even when I went to the doctor, the doctor gave me five pills and said, listen, there might be pneumonia, might be the flu and it might be COVID, but take these anyway. It gave me something, <laughs> but everybody else, everybody else was like, oh, you have COVID, go home and wait and go tear. Home. Yeah. 
Hope you don't you don't have problems breathing because then you're going to go to the hospital. They're going to intubate you and you're going to die. So just hope you you make it okay. So that's interesting that you actually got you gave you something, Peter. Very fascinating. Okay. So this next one really got to me. Okay. This is what I call focus the pr protection. Okay. This is what they're because this again, this is like um, how can I compare this? Being I don't know a Nazi supporter, if you would ever say this. Here's yeah. this, guys. Can you can you believe this? And I again, I'm not trying to take credit because you know what? At this point, I hate being right. Yeah, I hate being right, and and you too, I'm sure. The most compassionate approach that balance that balances the risks and benefits of reaching her immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection, while better protecting those who are at higher risk. We call this focus protection. Yeah. So, when I've talked, I've had guests. I'm not even going to say who on my show. When I was saying, guys. Whoever is willing to take the risks and they're healthy and they're living to deal, they're learning, they, they could learn to live with this risk. They should have every right to go out and do whatever the fuck they want, not be locked up in their house and be home like a fucking prisoner at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever the fucking yeah. curfews are at. Yeah. Okay. Because that one, when I see curfew, it, it, it brings me to another level. Okay. Me too. Me too. And, and it says, well, well, no, that's not fair. You're still putting at risk at other people. Well, if those people are at risk, they stay home. They say, what happened to freedom of choice, freedom of movement? That is, by the way, by the way, covered by our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In case any of you forgot, again, do some research and go get it. Okay? Go fucking get it and read it. Can you believe this? This is, this is the fourth point. The fourth point, guys. Allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity. <gasps> How shocking, Peter. I know. Okay. You weren't even allowed to talk about natural immunity. All right. That's when you know you're in a propaganda state. Yeah, exactly. All right. So measure number five. Measures to protect the vulnerable. Again, this is October 2020. Adopting measures to protect the vulnerable should be the central aim of public health responses to COVID-19. By way of example, nursing homes should use staff with acquired immunity and perform frequent testing of other staff and all visitors. Staff rotation uh, should be minimized. Retired people living at home should have groceries and other essentials delivered to their home when possible. They should meet with family members outside rather than inside. A comprehensive and detailed list of measures, including approaches to multi-generational households, can be implemented and is well with the scope of capability of public health professionals. What did we do here in Quebec, Peter? We killed all our old people. Literally. Yeah. We fucking killed them. Left them to fucking rot in their own dirty diapers to die like animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alone. Alone, alone, and and alone. Not only that, not only that. Okay, that I had to witness people losing their loved ones. My best friend Peter lost his sister. Okay, I wasn't even upset about the fact that. And this, these, these they were like their their family or like my family. I'm not even upset that is her siblings could not have been there. Not even her parents could have been there. And when I'm talking about when they put her in, in the in the uh, mausoleum into the wall, this beautiful woman had four children. Okay, she had she excuse me her husband had to choose two people to actually be there 
when they're putting it or in the wall the last time they'll ever see this how fuck do you make that choice how inhumane peter inhumane is this for what when i realize why i'm getting so upset now today after two years and i just came up we talked about realizations is that we literally did this for two years for nothing guys you realize that oh yeah 100 percent 100 percent i i did here I'll, I'll read it to you very quickly so i this i posted this on facebook uh almost two years ago and it got uh, it got fact checked it got fact checked now what the funny thing is is that this is directly from Stats Canada. So they mm -hmm. fact checked they fact checked Stats Canada, which I found hilarious. <laughs> so I I did a search and anybody could do the search. So that when we talk about doing research and critical thinking and all this sort of thing, first thing people have to understand is that the information and the data is out there. They need to be able to take a deep breath and they need to be able to understand that this isn't going to be three clicks. It's not going to be a three click search. It's going to be you're going to sit down on your computer on a comfortable chair and you're going to devote the next two hours to find what it is you're looking for. So I, I wanted to look up the mortality rate with the flu and other, other diseases like that are similar. So what I did was I looked up from between 2010, and this anybody could look up, okay? 2010 to 2019, Stats Canada for two causes of death. I looked up influenza, which is categorized influenza and pneumonia because, you know, people die from pneumonia too. Yes, and the other one is chronic lower respiratory disease. In other words, something like SARS or whatnot or COVID. Like these are these two I, these two categories combined. Okay, uh, I'll read you only 2010's numbers and 2019 because it progressively goes up. Okay, so 2010, uh, the numbers combined are approximately 15,800. 15,800. Okay. okay, I wrote it down. Okay, 2019 is approximately. 19,600. Okay. Right now, as it stands, COVID deaths in Canada are at 36,000 after two years. So that's what? 19,000? Yeah. 18,000, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. So yeah. there's no there's no access mortality for the same problem. They said, they said the flu disappeared. So what did we do? Uh, critical thinking, right? So this is this goes in research. So I said a little bit about how to do a little research. And now I'll go into a little bit about critical thinking. So critical thinking, when it comes down to, you know that the flu kills and you know that all these things kill, right? Where is the proof? Where is the proof that these PCR tests that we know, even the CDC came out and said that there were a lot of false positives and negatives. Where Where is the population's critical thinking there? What I mean is this. If you and me now, Luigi, we're playing cards. We're playing for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. You realize there's three ace of clubs in this deck. You're like, what the fuck, right? The, the deck is no good. The deck is no good. Wouldn't your natural reaction be, I want to redo? We've been yep. playing with a deck that's fucked. That's right? fucked, yep. Okay. But yet nobody seems to have said, we based all these measures that are in existence today based on a PCR test that the governments came out and said are no good. So don't we want to do a recount? How do you do a recount? You All the PCR that. tests, you don't do that, right? So what you do yeah. is you tell everybody who's ever tested positive, go and do a blood test. If you don't have any antibodies, it means you never had COVID. You never had COVID. So let's add those numbers up. So if the numbers drop and the cases drop, then we know for a fact that we did all this for nothing. But nobody talks about that.
No, no, of course not. So Pat uh, Aliberti says 2% of all people that got COVID worldwide passed away. There were more deaths from car accidents worldwide. So the last thing, and, and I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this on screen and then I'm just going to read something. Okay. Last part here is those that are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume life as normal. Simple hygiene measures such as hand washing and staying home when sick should be practiced by everyone to reduce the herd immunity threshold. Schools and universities should be open for in-person teaching. Extracurricular activities such as sports should be resumed. Young, low-risk adults should work normally rather than from home. Restaurants and other businesses should open. Arts, music, sport, and other cultural activities should resume. People who are more at risk may participate if they wish. While society as a whole enjoys the protection conferred upon the vulnerable by those who have built up herd immunity. That's the end of the report. In other words, something we've been doing for the past hundred years. Because when you would when you would have the flu, for example, and you were sneezing your fucking brains out and you're all fucked up, and someone was coming to say hi to you, let's say a good friend of yours wanted to come and give you a kiss on the cheek, right? Hello, wouldn't you say, Hey, you know, I have the flu, I think, or I'm coming down with something, don't give me a kiss, stay yeah. back. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, of course. So, of course. so what's the difference? So what's the difference? It leads me to the, you know, uh, to the point that that Pat says, crimes against humanity. That's the 100%. only thought that comes to my head. 100%. Me too. But the problem is here is, of course, no one is ever going to pay the price for this because it was done for, you know, for the protection, for the greater good, state of emergency. So no one's ever going to pay the price. Like governments never pay price for anything, right? Um, There's a few people that could pay prices, and, and not to sound cocky, but I'm going to be definitely fucking on that uh, bandwagon to make sure that happens. Yeah. Um, so it's i just feel this empty feeling like we we we've done this for two years i'm not saying it didn't exist guys it, it existed clear i've done everything i needed to do we've uh, the majority of us over 90 percent of us got vaccinated we did what we needed to do and yet i feel like we've lost two years of our life my kids have lost two years of their life and we're never going to get it back that's the whole that's the worst part of this we're never uh, going to get it back. For me, it's even worse than that. For me, it's even worse than that. Because to to say you're, you're, you lost two years of your life, okay, uh, I agree with that. You know, But that can happen because uh, you lost your job. That could happen because uh, your business went under. You got divorced. Uh, something could happen that could throw you back that you lost a couple years of your life for whatever reason. What I'm more, more pissed off about is the ongoing unknown repercussions that we're going to discover. So, for example, the kids now that are three years old, that lived through this between the ages of one and three, what did that do to their development? Because kids sense. It's clear. It's yeah. clear. 300% increase, Peter, right. in speech development. So that's 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 one aspect. But what, who knows what kind of trust and panic uh, to distrust your fellow man. You know, what's the social contract? That's another thing. We've skewed ethics, right? So social contract. And I had mentioned this with Jay. Social contract is you know, what you're, what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. So for example, I'm a single guy, right? I like women. I'm mm -hmm. promiscuous, right? So mm -hmm. now I go out and I have sex and I catch AIDS and uh, I don't know it because I'm not responsible enough to do blood tests very often. Mm -hmm. uh, am I to be punished if I have sex with a woman now, not knowing I have AIDS, right? And mm -hmm. I give her AIDS do I get punished because I didn't do blood tests to make sure I'm clean? I get punished. Why? You know, maybe I didn't know. Maybe it didn't show up. Maybe I did blood tests. The The real question here is, 
if I know I have AIDS, my only social obligation is to tell the person that I'm about to have sex with AIDS, just so you know, I have AIDS. That for me, you should be going away for life in prison. And if you don't say that, right? Yes. So now if you have a cold, you have the flu, you have the pneumonia, you have the regular uh, grape that's going around, whatever you have COVID, you have SARS, you have whatever mm -hmm. fuck it is, you know, you're coming down with a cold. So when you're approaching people, you have to say, listen, I have a cold. I don't know what it is. You know, keep your distance uh, just so you know, or I'm not coming to the party or I'm not coming over or I'm not coming to visit your mother's 90th birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's your social contract. If you don't say that, then in my opinion, you're very wrong. You're, you know, you're very, first of all, you're very inconsiderate. Absolutely. You're a very inconsiderate person because it's like, you don't know if the other person can't afford a day off from work. You don't know if they need to work every day and you're going, you got them sick and now they can't work for three days or whatever. Fuck dying. Even just, they can't afford to miss a day from work or from school or from whatever. That's the social contract. Yep. To say that people have an obligation or like the, all this talk that's been skewed, it's skewed the reality. Oh, you know, uh, uh, a few people can't make a difference. Uh, you know, the, the unvaccinated like myself, uh, you know, they're going to have to deal with it. First of all, you're giving me ultimatums. You're not giving me choices. There's a big distinction. You know, they told they told little dances with wolves when 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 the uh, English and the French came over to this country. They put they put this girl down and they put a gun to her head and they tell the mother, either you become Christian or we're going to blow away your daughter's head. Is that a choice too? No. Because based on what they're saying, that's a choice, right? You don't have to do it, but if you don't, we're going to blow her away. You're full. There's no logic here. No, there's no logic. If you want to have a real life, okay, if you want to go on with your life, if you want your kids to play sports, they're going to have to be vaccinated. Where is the... I don't know where that threshold was broken when the last time I checked, we live in a free country that we have the freedom of choice, mm -hmm. the freedom yeah. of bodily uh, 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 dependency and being able to say... I'm going to decide what goes into my autonomy. body. Autonomy. If I can control what you're going to put in your body, then I can control what you're going to do with your body. And if I could control what you're going to do with your body, I could control where your body's going to be. It doesn't end. That's what people don't understand. When talking about critical thinking, I, for example, have land in Greece. Okay? I have mm -hmm. land in Greece. And now I've been cut. I've been cut. My investment in Greece, my land there, mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't go there. I can't go there because the governments changed the rules without giving me any option, right? If mm -hmm. I can't travel without a vaccine passport, okay? So now I'm fucked, right? I'm yeah. fucked. Where's, 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 where's the option? Where's the choice? You can't prove that you're more safe, for example, as somebody who's vaccinated. I have a lot of friends and family that are vaccinated. We've had these conversations. And I said, can you prove that you're more safe than I am? Like, can you show me the actual study that says you're safer than me? Or is it just your assumption because we're assuming? We're, we're drawing lines. Well, I don't think that, yeah, that, that study doesn't exist. So, so, but you, so yes, you're allowed to go places and I'm not, and I've, I've, I've contracted COVID I've beaten COVID. So under a, a joint study between Israel and Italy, and anybody could look this up, a joint study between Italy and Israel, Israel being the most vaccinated country in the world, Italy being the most decimated in Europe from COVID yeah. together came up with the conclusion that the people who have natural immunity are 27 times i'm going to repeat that 27 times more impervious to catching covid than somebody vaccinated so uh, this isn't about health this is about you telling me i have to vaccinate and if i don't the punishment is i'm a second class citizen that's the reality that's critical thinking yeah what and then you mentioned family before, 
And you know, we've mentioned all the other side effects that it's had for our children and other adults and uh, mental health. And But what I've heard, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this, Peter, and I'm sure you, maybe you could share stories or whatever, of how many families and friendships have been destroyed because of the handling of how this COVID has been handled by our governments, guys. 100%. Think about it. Think about it, guys, that they managed to pit friend against friend, brother against sister, brother against brother, sister against sister, parent to child. Guys, I have to walk away from certain discussions, walk away because I knew, and I know myself obviously said, okay, I'm going to put my principles out the window here and I'm just going to let it be. I can't because it's not going to end well. It's yeah. not going to end well. Yeah. It's, it's so the damage, the social damage that it's done to our family structure, to our friendships that are, are the most important thing in life yeah. because the, the people die of boredom. People die of loneliness. For me, the, these last two years have been torturous, Peter, torturous. I'm such a social person. I miss my yeah. friends. I miss my get together with my friends, my family. Um, Having to, to, to uh, hide at Christmas time like a fucking criminal walking into my sister's building in the condo. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. What does this turn into us? That's that's to me. Besides everything else, all the other side effects we talked about, that is something I think is immeasurable. How yeah. much damage has been done on that? Yeah, end. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I agree. I mean, I have uh, I have people I've stopped talking to. I have family members that I'm no longer close with. I mean, they're always going to be family, but. Uh, I'm I'm nowhere near what we used to be together. Uh, only because uh, I'm okay with having different opinions. Okay, I'm okay with arguing. I'm okay with completely disagreeing. I'm a, I'm okay with telling each other off. Okay, calling mm -hmm. each other fucking assholes and you know getting over it a few days later or a week mm -hmm. later or whatever. What I can't get over with, for example, uh, there was a, a an acquaintance that became a friend uh, and a closer friend during COVID that I. Then after completely cut out, and I'll give you an example why. So I asked this person, I said, are you okay with a vaccine passport? And he was beating around the bush. He was being, he was giving me like the, all the side answers. And I'm like, look, just, just fucking, just fucking tell me, just fucking tell me if you're okay with this vaccine passport. And he was like, well, you know, and I was like, okay, so you agree with it. So for me, we can't be friends anymore because here's, here's what it comes down to. You're okay with me sitting in the car with you, having coffee. You're not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. You're okay with me coming over to your place, you coming over to my place. You're okay with all this stuff. What you're not okay with is for me to go into a bar, restaurant, travel. You're not okay with that. You are not okay with me doing that. You support me losing my rights when you have no facts. No. So, so we can't be friends. He was blown away. He was blown away. He even still says hi to me when I see him. Okay, which is hilarious to me. It's like I wanna, I wanna spit in your face. I wanna spit in your face because you're that retarded. And what am I supposed to say? Uh, I, you know what? I, I support you 100, percent Peter. This vaccine passports taxi talking about taxing non-vaccinated guys. Do you understand the absurdity of these? These ideas that has been going on, vaccine. Let passport. me tell you about that. Let me tell you about that so you can laugh, okay? Because it's like uh, I feel like I'm just hanging out at this point. So, uh, <laughs> so here's here's some funny stuff with that. So number one, women women go to the doctor thirty three percent 
more than men on average. Mm-hmm. Yes. Women are much better off at uh, much better at screening, are much better at follow-ups. Us were like, ah, don't worry about it, whatever. The doctor said, mm-hmm. I have to check my cholesterol, fuck it. And they don't go for 10 years, right? Yeah. So women are very good with that. So in other words, women, women use the Medicare system 33% more. Should should women have been paying more? Should women have been paying more because they have the disadvantage, right, of needing to go to a gyno and, and guys don't, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be stupid. That would be crazy. That would be sexist. That would be so unfair. So we never did it. But somebody like me, who I sat down and I calculated because I'm a fucking psychopath, okay? I'm fucking, I'm not, I'm not well in the head, okay? <laughs> when they came out and they said tax, I said, okay, fine. Let me calculate because I'm not a, I'm not a frequent flyer at the, at the hospital or the clinic. I don't go often. I do a blood test once every four years. I don't like, I don't, I don't go. You know what I mean? If I'm sick, I stay home. I, I deal with it. Uh, you know, I just don't go. Mm-hmm. So I can count on two hands how many times I've gone to the doctor. And I know exactly for what reason, because I don't go so often that it's, it's lost in my head. So I sat down and I did the calculation based on if I was to go to the doctor for all those things in the United States, as of today, all of them, as of today, not 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, today's prices with no insurance factored in for the U.S.-Canadian exchange, knowing that depending where you look, the numbers are between six to seven, eight thousand dollars a year is the average pay in to the Medicare system of the average Canadian. Okay, so on average, you will have spent seven thousand dollars a year through taxes on goods and income tax, etc. Seven thousand dollars a year, right? So I did all the calculation. So the government is in surplus with me approximately $140,000. <laughs> so you're paying 100, the government. $140,000, and they wanted to tax me on top of it. Incredible. Incredible. So, so guys, I hope you understand the, the goal of today's show was to, to just try to make you guys realize a few things. How we were treated the last two years, what we have lost, what we've given up, how to perhaps look to the future and do a little bit more um, research. And if you don't know how, maybe <laughs> reach out to Peter, reach out to some people that do know how. And, you know, one last little story. Yesterday morning, which just uh, I had to take my nine-year-old son to get uh, echography, okay? An ultrasound, a little stomach issues. And it said in the email, one parent maximum. So, okay, it shouldn't bother me. But you know what? It fucking bothers me, Peter. Because you want to know why? Because I know that my son would have loved for both of us to be there. But I know that he prefers his mom, which is fine, right? But his mom had to work. And I have the job that I could I could do it. So I had to take him. But here I am thinking, my poor fucking boy had to go through this exam. And I'm sure he's a little bit of anxious, you know, anxiety and and he couldn't have his mother with him, not even as an option, let's say, if we both wanted to be there. And this, and it happened a couple of other times during the last two years that my son, my older son, had to go and we had to switch. Like we were, we were taking our turns to be prisoner, prison guards or something. And when my son had had a few issues, his his older brother. And I'm thinking, this is my fucking child, man. This is my child. My child wants both of his parents there. And the government in this fucking hospital is telling me no. Because it's not right, guys. This is just a... I know it's maybe not be a big deal to you. But let me tell you, as a parent, to me, it was a fucking big deal. 
it was it a should, big deal. It should, it should be a big deal. It should be a big deal because it's the government meddling and interfering in your family. That's it's so, you know, people might not see it that way, but that's what it is. And and I'll give you another example. All oh, that's all in the name of health. I can tell you that how how is it possible for anybody who claims to be a critical thinker to be okay with and accept the fact that these lockdowns, these closing of gyms, these these uh, all these measures, how they actually didn't not only help, they did damage in the sense that when you work out, your immune system gets stronger too. When you're outside, when you get endorphins, when you smile and laugh, uh, you know, all, all these different things, they help your whole overall health because yeah. we're not just a physical sense. There's a study out there for anybody who wants to see. If you look up Google, what happens if you don't pick up a child but only feed it intravenously? Mm. So if you don't pick up and cradle a child and give it love, it's going to die, even if you're giving it all the food you need. That's mind-blowing. That goes to show you how much touch is important in our life, right? Yes. Again, that was outlawed. So when you have, you have, for example, I did a, I did a video and everyone died of laughter because like, like I said, I'm not well, right? I know I'm not. <laughs> At least you admit I, it. I, I admit it. So I went on and anybody could do this. Just do it for fun. Okay. I went online and I Googled escorts in Laval. Oh, yes. I found the website. I found a website <laughs> called Hump Cheese, like munchies and humping together. Okay? Hump Cheese. I found this site and I started texting because you could text them, right? So I started texting mm -hmm. prostitutes, and I started asking, "Do you care if I'm vaccinated?" No. Can you know? I won't go through all the vulgarity of all the stuff that sure. I asked. I asked yeah. a lot of stuff, right? Then I counted that there was 25 listings per page, and there was 40 pages. This was just Laval. So. Nobody seemed to care about that. Not public. one bust, not public one health. Out, no public health, not one announcement to say, listen, we know that there's sex workers. Let's not be naive, but please, sex workers, here's a special number for you to call. We're going to give you some Serb money too so you don't do prostitution because here we're in a pandemic. Everyone's going to die, right? Yeah. But they never did that once. That I find the most amusing thing there is because – if there were 25 listings per page and there was 40 pages, that's a one thousand. website. Yeah, one website and only talking about Laval. <laughs> so, maybe they thought, listen, everyone's going to die. Let's at least make the men be happy. Let them get a little bit of, uh, Let, you know, throw a bot around like you Italians say. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> but another thing, you know, someone made me realize this. And I was having this discussion. Um, I'm not going to say who. Do you know the impact, guys, especially at the beginning, of people suffering from whatever mental health issues when they couldn't see the therapist face-to-face, -face? Peter? Could you imagine the effects on these people? We don't even know the number of just call on the phone, your fucking therapist. Call on the phone. Are you serious, guys? Do you he mentioned that on my podcast? He mentioned with dementia. He said that the, the deaths of dementia, I think, were up some stupid percentage. I don't remember what it was. I don't want to misquote him. Uh, some huge percentage because they even though they forget, they forget that they spoke to you and they interacted with you, it still helps them. Yeah. So, so why I'm saying why honestly now I'm remembering what, what now it's 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 actually come why I really wanted to the goal of this discussion is the guys, the next time you come across Peter and me and you ask me, how could you, how could you 
support civil disobedience? How could you this? And they were doing it for our own good. Look at all the things that we discussed. Go back, guys. Go on YouTube. Go on podcast. Go on Spotify. Listen to this episode. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning, guys. Okay? Of how many effects and how it's going to affect us for the short term right now. We don't even know about the long term like Peter was talking about. So right. if I can add something, because I don't know who, who could be watching and which one of your friends or, or whatnot, uh, or other people. Uh, here's here's a, something that I tell people all the time that they need to think about because, you know, we're, we're always disinterested, right? Like things are designed in a way to make us uninterested. So you go to open up a bank account, they give you 17 pages of uh, <laughs> you know, financial jargon that you're not even going to read. The, the, the person opening the account is going to tell you just initial here and sign there, and you're going to do it. And... You know, you start talking about history and people are like, ah, I don't want to sit there and read about history or that was then or blah, blah, blah. If you want to get to understand what happened to us, because this is going to be studied in every university uh, for the rest of time. They're going to be talking about this. There's going to be a course on the COVID, the COVID situation, the way it is for ancient Greece or ancient mm-hmm. Rome or whatever. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is this. We're going to look at uh, World War Two and I'll make the point short. I'm going to look at World War II. So the Greeks, for example, pride themselves. And I've ripped a lot of my Greek friends. So they pride themselves. Oh, we said no and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Metaxas was a great prime minister. Metaxas was a dictator, which anybody could look up. Metaxas was a dictator. And he had deals with Hitler to supply Hitler olive oil and all kinds of other stuff. And they wanted to remain neutral like Romania. They didn't want any part in the war. They were going to be just neutral. Mussolini, when Mussolini decided to invade Greece, it was to show Hitler that he was a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Mussolini didn't go into power overnight. Mussolini was a left, left party socialist that progressed into dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Hitler didn't go out with a slogan because he ran. He didn't run out with a slogan, I want to take over the world and burn down the Jews. Exactly. That's not what he said. He said, bread and freedom because they were going through war reparations for world war one he was a socialist he was a great speaker people bought into him he talked about national pride all beautiful things and he progressed into a a dictator stalin same thing stalin was from from georgia he wasn't even from russia he was from georgia he even had the awkwardness of being very short like i am and he had one hand that was a little shorter than the other and he positioned himself in all the pictures to look tall and intimidating right the point i'm trying to make is Nobody in Russia, Italy, uh, Germany, Greece, nobody in these countries, when things were starting, knew that they were going down a bad path. Mm-hmm. They thought they were all being patriotic, right? And then when the shit really hit the fan, then they started questioning. But then, too, but too late, buddy. You're already in now. All the chips are on. You're not doing anything, right? So that's where we are now in this whole COVID situation. If you don't stop and say, okay, you know what? I have ABC view. Okay. I believe, I believe the government was right, or I believe the government was wrong, whatever the view is. Anybody. And you say, okay, let me take out all the emotions. Forget everything that I've been thinking this whole time. Let me relook at everything now with the data that's out there now and try and be as impartial as possible. That's when you're going to start to say, I'm not interested in just backing on my point. I want to prove or disprove what I believe. I'm open to both, but I want to see why, for example, they didn't talk about health why they didn't talk about what vitamins to take. Did time ever come out? Did anybody ever come out and say you should take vitamins, drink enough water, sleep well, don't stay up all night reading, stop watching the news because you're fucking up your psychology. You're creating 
anxiety, which redu reduces, uh, produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone that fucks up your whole body. You know, why weren't these things talked about? Is Didn't they know? Of course they knew. And if they didn't know, well, then they were incompetent. So already we have a problem. That's critical thinking. Yeah. That's the process. And now, and, and on that, I'm going to do my own critical thinking. Now, let me explain to you, to go back to what we were talking about before, that is obviously related into all this, into COVID, is the Freedom Convoy, and what has come of that. So, guys, do you realize that the government's overreach in dealing with these protesters, okay, that basically barricaded one street, Wellington, downtown Ottawa, okay, the ramifications economically. Now, I'm talking as a 20, over 20-year-old 20 banker, uh, 25 years plus, okay, you guys don't understand the ram of already we were in the shits. Okay. Now let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about now the rest of the world in terms of international investors losing faith and trust in what once was one of the most respected and um, uh, looked upon and invested bank system in the world, guys. Now, after what the government has done, and the big banks that I'm so fucking ashamed to say that they let the government do what they do, freezing bank accounts, freezing bank accounts, taking money from GoFundMe and the other one, Give Send Me. Let me get back to the banks for a second. Do you think, and already, by the way, it has been, it has been proven that investment, international investment is already on the decline since this started. Do you think that uh, any other sovereign state or any other international investor or hedge fund wants to invest in canada right now why, Guys, why would they why would they are, are, are you fucking what investors want is certainty and you can't even you can't even you think <laughs> it just oh i get so when upset you say, you say banking i've worked in banking also and i've worked in collections also and uh have you ever read the book uh, modern money making mechanics no i haven't so it's it's this big it's not a big okay. book okay but uh, look it up, find it, and buy it. You're going to love it. You're going to love well, it. So they explain for for the most basic mind even to understand the fractional monetary reserve system, which proves that when you make a deposit into the bank, the bank can create ninefold that money out of thin air because they've, they've established a the reserve. When I learned this, it was uh, 2008, 2009. And uh, I went to the bank. I went to the TD bank with a, a refund check from the government for taxes. Okay, So these are basically like certified checks from the government. Yeah. There's no there's no worry that it's going to be cash. There's no hold. There's no hold. There's nothing. Shouldn't be. Yeah. So I go to the bank after reading this book, and I wanted to prove to myself because I was like, there's no fucking way I'm living in a society that's this fucked up. There's no way, right? Plus, I was younger. I was a little bit more of an asshole. <laughs> I, uh, I walked into the bank, and I said to the teller, uh, I, I told the cute young woman there, I go to uh, cash the check, don't deposit it. No, no, Mr. Condillas, I have to deposit it. No, no, I go, you don't understand. I don't want you to deposit it. I want you to just cash it. So we went on back and forth for like 20 minutes. She was freaking out. That was that asshole, you know, in the bank. Mm -hmm. The bank manager comes. She's like, what's the problem? I said, the problem is twofold. Number one, I don't understand why anybody would do an extra step that's unpaid. So, for example, it's like telling me to go do, I don't know, let's say I'm a waiter and you tell me, go bring me the food from the kitchen but i tell you no wait i'm gonna go first outside and i'm gonna come back in and then i'm gonna go to the like nobody does this okay so why would you need to first deposit it and then cash it, it makes no sense to me first second of all i read modern money making mechanics which explains the fractional monetary reserve system which means you're creating money out of thin air so i work for example 20 years i save up some money to buy a house i put on my consideration 
Is that what they call it? Consideration. I put my consideration down and you create the money out of nowhere to give me a loan. So I'm borrowing your made up money. Yeah. And then and then if I can't pay it, you're going to take the house that I used with the money that I saved over 20 years. So I can't believe any of this. I said, so yeah. I just wanted I just wanted to prove it to myself. That's why I said, cash the check. She said, no, it's all true. And then I said, uh, OK. And I took my check and I went to InstaCheck. I, I was so angry, Luigi, oh. that I went to the InstaCheck. I opened an account and I paid 3% to cash the check. Just not because I was going to stop using the bank, because I was so angry that day. I said, "Fuck them! I'm not. I'm not doing it." Isn't that crazy, though? But Modern money making mechanics. Look it up. It's a. Great I will. Thing. I will. So, guys, I see it every day. I'm in mortgages, um, affordability on homes. Average home price, medium home price, right now is over eight hundred thousand dollars in Canada. In Quebec, I believe it's. Uh, four or five hundred thousand um i don't know where we're going guys uh inflation uh the cost of goods and obviously this was all done by our drama boy even prior to COVID, and now just you know hanging out throwing out money like he's a drunken sailor on a friday night at the club he hates fuck he hates fuck the the economy he hates fuck yeah yeah well you know let's just keep printing let's just keep printing um so wait till the interest rates go up people under that delusion that like the interest rates are going to stay this low What's going to happen when it goes up to a quarter of a percent two times? They've they've already started. They've we've had quite a few increases already, Peter. We've already had in the. I mean, I'm in mortgages in particular, so um, I've seen quite a. You've seen quite a increase just from last year. So what's that going to do to the housing market? <laughs> already, it's going to destroy a housing market that's already unpurchased. How much would you say? How much? How much of a bubble would you say we're in? I think we're in a tremendous bubble. I think when you're looking at municipal evaluation of a home. And then you're looking at the market value is not only way, way, way above, but people are getting more than the asking price. Uh, that kind of a frenzy. I think it's a huge balloon. Right, Rupal? A huge one, because the problem is that there is no, uh, there's hardly inv- inventory, right? With the COVID, the uncertainty, people losing their jobs, am I going to upgrade? Uh, so there's no movement, right? So there's there's no homes for all the immigrants coming in. Uh, there's BB boomers staying in their house longer. People that want to upgrade or downgrade or whatever, or not because they don't know what's going on. Right. Um, it, it's 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 a it's it's really not good. I don't think it's good. And and people, like you said before, just because the fact that there is no inventory, paying 50, 75, 100, 125, 150 thousand over asking in Quebec nuts it's fucking nuts I started in banking I was 19 years old I'm 46 today I've never seen this never seen this I've never heard of this even when I was doing collections I worked at CIBC I worked at the HSBC uh I've uh you know uh I've been around I read a lot you know like I pay attention Mm -hmm. to things and what freaked me out was last year so last year I was renting an apartment uh in Laval and uh, I had a deal with the lady, right? I was paying her cash. We had no lease. I was paying month to month. And I would leave in the summers. I would go to Greece for like two months, two and a half months. I would pay her cash up front and I'd leave. Anyways, long story short, she decides to sell the house. Doesn't say a word to me. Doesn't say a word to me. Mm-hmm. Sells the house. Now the guy wanted to rent it out to somebody else. I have no lease, so I'm fucked. So I came here now where my sister is. And I stayed with my sister to see what I'm going to see. They sold the house. They sold the house. Within three days of putting it on the market, for seventy thousand dollars above asking, and no one came to see the house. It was it was virtual. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible. 
uh pat says this shit will never stop there's more to come and it's fucking scary what's next cyber attack who knows uh joe bentevania good friend of mine says Mussolini was no cornuto do you know what cornuto means uh -huh. <laughs> he was just a bastard basically yeah. uh pat says waiting till interest go up uh people are already living on too much credit absolutely Agreed. Agreed. Pat, that's for sure uh, my good friend Tony Chichi says the Federal Reserve did the same in the States. They had no choice to keep the economy afloat. Right. We'll see the long-term effects of that for sure. Two, three years. I know Joe feels the same. We we have this discussion every day with Joe, and he's just he's ready to take up arms and start shooting people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't know. Before we wrap this up, Peter, yeah, I want to ask you a question, and it's gonna be a hypothetical question because I, I cannot underestimate, I cannot under underestimate the hatred hatred is a good word that i have for 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 our prime minister do you think he survives this do i think he survives this do you think he survives do you think he even survives to see october 2023 you mean as a prime minister yeah i don't know i've been i've been struggling with that actually i've been so i thought i i, I was a little naive I'll admit it. I thought that uh, there would be a non, no confidence vote already. Mm. I really thought that. Yeah. Uh, um, didn't happen. I think I think he's burned every bridge and every card to play. I think. I think. But at the same time, only 30% of people voted uh, last election when we were in the middle of this, you know, uncertainty of are we in a pandemic or not? Because, mm. you know, in the beginning... Look, in the beginning, Luigi, I, I was like, I was fucking shitting my pants because I didn't want to go see my mother. I didn't want to go see my sister. I, wanted, I had gone to New York for a protest uh, for the Aegean Islands, uh, what was going on with Turkey and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I went, you know, I got in a van with a bunch of fucking people I didn't know I met the same day. We mm -hmm. went, took off the same day, no no notice at all. We went, we protested. We opened up the biggest flag I've ever seen. It was a force to, to be reckoned with. It covered the entire fucking park, right? <laughs> So I came back and I, I stayed at my place, I, you know, a month. The only concern I had was when the government takes uh, emergency measures powers, that there has to be debate, there has to be conversations. Like when you mentioned before with the separation of Quebec, separation of Quebec was going on. This was debated on national TV, local TV, cafes. You couldn't walk into the Tim Hortons and not hear somebody talk about it. Like there was a lot of debate going on. And yet in this situation, we had no debate. So we had no debate. We had, you know, uh, government propaganda through the media constantly fucking have COVID, 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 you're going to die. I was washing cash, man. I had cash at home. I was washing for fucking Paul Mahler. I was shitting my pants. They beat me out of my fucking head, right? And then a couple months later, when, when I realized, you know, okay, there's something wrong, uh, every move that Trudeau makes, it seems like there's still people that are going to justify him, which I, it, it baffles all logic for me. It, it baffles all logic. From yeah. Does he survive to become a prime minister again? I don't think so. Um, I think it's going to heavily depend on his opponents. I really thought that there would be a no confidence vote. Uh, not that a vote would be good, but getting him out would be, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if he survives it. I think, I think he, the demographic that supports him, the demographic that supports him is still unfortunately quite sleepy for those for those sleepy guys i'm going to leave you on this okay um do you know that the emergency measures act which its predecessor was the more war measures act yeah 
was used only three times in history. Guys, in case you have don't know this, okay, I'm going to say this. Whoever's watching this, if, I hope it makes its round on 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 social media. And by the way, I'm going to put it. I'm going to post it on Rumble as well after Peter. Rumble's um, a great platform. Yes, um, three times in history, guys. World War One, World War Two, and the FLQ crisis, of course. Drama teacher's father. Yeah. Just remember that, guys. Three times. I think those were pretty valid reasons. Pretty valid reasons. Just yeah. think about what our prime minister's done. Just think about that next time. Peter, I want to know where um, people could find you on your social media. I'm going to put in the show notes anyway, but... Uh, you know what? I'm actually in the middle of uh, deciding uh, about deleting my Facebook and all that stuff. Okay. But uh, if anybody's interested in uh, seeing conversations and stuff like that, like I did a video on cryptocurrency. I do on, uh, you know, random different stuff. If they look up my full name on uh, on Rumble, if they look up Peter Condillis, uh, they could even type in Winchester. They'll find it just on the channel. And uh, and that's it. If they're interested at all to follow uh, what, uh, what the nonsense I have to say. Excellent. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes, guys. If it's not already is, I think I already did. But uh, Peter, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, same. I really did. Thank you so much. I find you, uh, I find you uh, brush a, a breath of fresh air, enlightened, very intelligent, and I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Same here. Thanks so much. Guys, thanks for, for tuning in, guys, for the, the comments and everything. I really appreciate it, guys, and we will see you next week. Peter, stay uh, stay on. We'll, we'll chat offline again. Yeah. Have a great one, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.